Let me just say that uh, this for me has been one of my favorite series here at Southcrest. I love the whole idea about what does it mean to go all in. You know, when I came here almost four years ago, uh, we were deeply, deeply moved by the vision of our church that we're really to spend our lives being about gospel, grace, growth, and generosity. And so today as we, uh, we finalize this series and we talk about this last message in All In, uh, we're going to hit one of the G's that I love so much. I've loved every G because to me all G's are equally important. But this is one that I think God really does want us to break every chain in our lives. So I want us to pray real quick and we're going to jump into the message today. Father in heaven, God, I thank you that you are able to make us go all in and that God, when we do when we put all of our heart, our soul, our focus on you, God, you're able to break every chain. And Lord, today as we speak on the topic we're going to speak on, God, I pray that you would free people in this room of addiction. Lord, I pray that you would free people in this room of guilt. Lord, I pray that you would come and press against the person in this room that feels like God can never, ever change me. And Lord, I thank you today that in the name of Jesus, there is power to break every single chain. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you've enjoyed this series so far, let me hear your round of applause. That's great. Well, we've been focusing through this whole series. We do this about once a year where we really put a bright spotlight on what we call our four G's. And our four G's are gospel, grace, growth, and generosity. And so today in this last message on the All In series, we're going to talk about the G of grace. And I really believe that today is going to be one of those times that God is going to remove some shackles from our eyes and remove some deafness from our ears so that we can hear some things in some new ways. Uh, I love our church because our church is full of broken people. I mean, look at the person next to you and say, you're broke. All right, some of you go, amen. Yes, I went to the football game yesterday, spent $12 on a hot dog, I am broke, all right? But the truth is, every person in this room, in your life, in my life, we've all gone through times of being completely, utterly broke. Now, I want to tell you a true story today. Um, when I got married, I struggled with a disease that I've never talked about publicly, but I want to talk about it today. I just need to get it off my chest. I need to be able to say this because some of you struggle with this same disease. It's the disease called I spilt it all over me disease. And uh, when I got married, we had about one day a week that we could, you know, when you're young and married and you're poor, you don't have anything. So you pick one day a week and you take the love of your life out for a dinner. And so that's what we did. We kind of had a favorite restaurant. It was a Chili's restaurant. And we would go to Chili's and, and we would walk in there at the same time every week and we would sit down, and for the first five or six months I was married, it never failed to happen. I would walk in there with a nice pressed shirt, looking really super fly, walking in. Tracy's like, ooh, you look good. And I'm looking at her. She's looking at me. And about two minutes in, suddenly all of the salsa is all over my shirt. Okay? Now, here's the thing. I go 21 years of my life never really spilling hardly anything on me at all, never really ruining T-shirts, jeans, whatever, and I get married, and suddenly I've got the I spill it all over me disease. And it got so bad that every night that we would go back to that Chili's restaurant, the actual waitresses started bringing me cleanup tissues before I even got my meal. Hey, Mr. Smith, it's great to see you tonight. How many, uh, how many wet napkins do you need tonight? 
And I literally would. I mean, I would walk out and I would feel embarrassed because I would walk in feeling like, man, look how good I look. Look, you know, it's all good. And, and I would leave and I would look at the mess I had made and I would go, yuck, yuck, man, this is disgusting. Like, it's like I was born in a barn or something. Like, how did I learn to eat that way? And I don't know about you, but have you ever felt like you've just kind of made a mess of your life? You ever just look at the mess of your life and go, man, I've really made a mess of my life. I don't know how I totally got here, but now that I'm here, when I look at my life and I look at all the stains and I look at all the stuff and I look at all the, the heartache and the struggle and the pain, it just looks messy. Today in our series, All In, we're going to talk about the idea of grace. What does it mean for us to experience the true grace of God in such a way that it looks at our mess, finds us in our mess, but doesn't leave us there? If you have your Bible, turn to the book of John chapter 5. John chapter 5. Now, I don't know if you're like me, but I love to go to the pool in the summers. This is a story about Jesus showing up at a pool. Now, I'm a people watcher, so when I go to the pool, I watch people at the pool. Okay, because it's funny. I remember when we used to take Kyle to the pool, we would just like walk him to the edge of the pool and just throw him in. And that's how he became such a good swimmer. He would just swim to the other side. But now I watch some of these parents, they go to the pool. They've got like a trailer that backs up to the pool. I mean, we got floaty devices. We've got, uh, we've got canopies that go over the child as they float in the pool. We've got We've got special towels and special dry-offs, and, and I'm like, wow, like I would not want to be the parent of a six-month-old or a one-year-old in the pool these days. That's a lot of work. Jesus shows up at this pool, and he finds a guy who's caught himself in a mess. So if you have your Bible, John chapter 5, this is known as the story of the healing at the pool. Listen to what the Bible says. It says, sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals, now, there is in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which is Aramic, uh, is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie there, the blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. And one who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? So get the picture. Jesus walks up to the pool. He's going there to see a festival. And he knows that he could easily go to the festival because that's where all the people are hanging out, right? It's party time at the festival. But he makes the decision to go to a pool where he knows there's a bunch of people who are all jacked up, all messed up. And he walks over to the pool and the one question, he finds this guy who's been laying next to the pool for 38 years. And the one question he asks him is this, do you want to get well? Jesus knew this guy had been in this condition because the Bible says in verse 6, when Jesus was lying there and learned that he had been in this condition, Jesus learned from all the people. So get the picture. Here's the pool. Here's all these hurting people. They're trying to get into this pool so that they can find some type of healing in their life. They're all messed up. Jesus walks on the scene. 
And if I was Jesus, I would have said, um, let me get this straight. So you guys knew this guy was here for 38 years and you didn't do anything about it? Look at your neighbor real quick and say, 38 years. I mean, that's a long time. That's almost an entire generation. Some of you go, I am 38 years old, okay? I would love to be 38 again. That was an awesome age. I, I do want to tell you that Jesus must have looked around and he knew that he, can, he found him in the condition he was, but he only asked him one question. Do you want to get well? Jesus knew his condition. Jesus knew how long he had been there. He didn't focus on any of that. He just had one question. Do you want to get well? If you have a pen, I want you to write this down today. We talk about grace. Grace will either be our reason to go all in or our excuse not to. Because Jesus looked at this guy and he knew the man was sick, yet nobody was willing to help him get in the pool. Can you imagine? I mean, people probably talked about him. Hey, 38-year-old lame guy or 38-year lame guy. Yeah, that's what we call him. He sits by the pool. Nobody will put him in the pool. He just sits there. People walk around. Can you imagine the stigmatism in that dude's life? He was known as that guy. But look at verse 7. When Jesus asked him the question, the guy says back, Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool. When the water is stirred, while I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. You see, it's at this point that Jesus shows us a whole different side of grace we need to see. Because here's what the guy says. The guy says, I've been laying here on my mat for 38 years. Like, this mat is like my life. Like, I've got a lot of mess on this mat. Nobody will get me off this mat. Jesus, no one will even put me in the pool so I can get healed. And I've been waiting here for 38 years for somebody to stick me in that pool. The man looks at all of that and he begins to blame other people for not getting him into the pool. Jesus wasn't buying it. He shows us a whole other picture of grace that we need to understand and we need to get today. Look at verse 8. Then Jesus said to him, get up. Now in third grade when they were teaching me how to read and write and all that good stuff, they told me every time that you put an exclamation point, you should sound it out when you read. So this is how it sounds when you're a third grader. Get up! You go, oh my gosh. Yes, I watched a lot of college football yesterday. He says, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. See, here's the thing. Jesus saw him laying in his mess, and the mat represented his life, and he loved him too much to leave him in the condition he found him. That's what he does for us. Think about where Jesus found you. I think about where Jesus found me. I'm so grateful he didn't leave me in the condition in which he found me. Because he looks at this guy and he says, get up. I want to give you a very incredible statement about grace. Compassion 
minus accountability equals enablement. You see, we would look at the guy and we would say, oh man, I'm so sorry about your mat. I mean, can we come repair your mat? Like, we'll send a team over to repair your mat. So we want to come over here and we want to fix your mat. In fact, we'll put new edges around your mat so that when you lay here, you won't have a bad mat to lay on. You'll have a good mat to lay on because that's really what we want you to do. We want you to stay where you are. And so we're going to show you compassion. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus looked at him and found him where he was and he loved him too much to leave him the same. So he asked him to do something. He said, get up. Here's the thing I love about this. It's the grace of Jesus Christ that causes us to get up off our mat. Not other people's grace. Not some guy's grace who comes in and says, hey man, I want to fix your mat so you can lay here another 38 years. (laughs) Compassion minus accountability equals enablement. Jesus told him to do something I don't want you to miss this point today. Jesus never picked him up and stood him and stuck him in the pool. You see, that was man's expectation. Why didn't Jesus just pick him up and stick him in the pool? That would have been the easy thing to do, right? That's what the guy really wanted, right? He said, nobody will put me in the pool. Jesus, will you put me in the pool? And Jesus said, you don't need the pool because what I can do in your life is better than the pool. I'm the one that can extend my grace to you and cause you to get up off the mat of your life even though you're laying in your mess. Now that gets me fired up. Jesus is able to do that? He is. Man's expectation was just stick him in the pool. Jesus' expectation was get up. And he not only said get up, he said pick up your mat and what? Walk. You see, we don't like that part of grace. Here's why. Because it means that we can't depend or we can't depend on another human being to get our grace from. We have to depend on the grace that comes from God and the grace that came through Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, pick up your mat and walk. Pick up your mat and walk. Jesus never picked him up and put him in the pool. Look at verse 9. At once the man was what? Cured. He was cured. He picked up his mat and he walked. Here's the beautiful thing about grace today. Real grace brings freedom, real healing, and a right expectation. Because that's what Jesus did. He said, it's not enough for you to just stand up. You need to pick it up. Because if you don't pick up that mat, Your tendency is like my tendency. You're going to glory more in the mess of your mat than you are in the one who caused you to pick it up. Jesus was teaching an incredible principle about real grace that brings real freedom, real healing, and a right expectation. I want you to think about the mats in our life. You know, for some of us, our mat is our past. Things that we've done that we're so ashamed of that we hope nobody finds out. I mean, I told someone the other day that if I knew that Facebook was going to be in my future when I was 14, I would have never done some of the things I did. I mean, somebody posted a picture of me with a mullet the other day. I mean, I'm, it was a mullet. I mean, it was like total business in the front and total party in the back. 
long and stringy. I had curly, stringy mullet hair, you know? So I did the Christian thing. I posted back a picture of a girl who had a claw. <laughs> Some of you know what I'm talking about. You were there. You lived in the 80s. You got it. When we look at our life and we go, my mad is all my bad decisions. It's all my, it's, it's my relationship struggles. It's, it's my finances. It's all the things that I've done wrong. And we're waiting for someone to walk us to the pool of grace and push us in. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. You don't get it. My grace, my grace is so awesome. You don't have to be pushed in the pool. Real grace will either be our reason to go all in or our excuse not to. You know, I look at this story and I think, obviously some people saw this whole thing go down, right? Because everyone followed Jesus everywhere. So the Pharisees are standing around. Look at verse 9. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jewish leader said to the man who had been healed, it is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. Really? The guy had been on his mat for 38 years, and the only thing they can say is, hey, it's Sunday, and you're not allowed to carry your mat. Jesus had healed him. Jesus had set him free. Jesus had caused him to come off his mat, pick up his mat, and walk away. And all they cared about was carrying the mat on the Sabbath. Listen, I think Jesus healed people on the Sabbath just to tick them off. Oh, yeah? That's your stupid rule? Well, I'm going to give you a stupid rule. I'm going to heal this guy, and he's going to walk away because of my grace that I've extended to him. Critical people wear me out. I think they wear Jesus out. You see, real grace doesn't condemn people for picking up their mat. But I also want you to hear this. Real grace does not excuse the mess of their mat. Jesus never excused the fact that this guy had laid there for 38 years and was expecting somebody else to do something for him. Jesus radically changed his life. I want you to hear this today. Grace never excuses our mess, but it always celebrates the miracle. This guy was walking around with his mat underneath his arm. And he was a trophy of the real grace of God. That's what some of you are today. You're in this room because Jesus changed your life. And the reason you get this whole 4G vision about our church and about helping people who are broken is because it wasn't about someone's grace that was extended to you. It was about the grace of Jesus Christ that was extended to you. And you're so overwhelmed by the miracle of what God's done in you that you don't care about your mess anymore. You care more about the miracle of what Jesus did in you. And I'm still blown away. I'm still blown away. I cannot fathom how different my life looks by experiencing real grace that never looks past my mess but always celebrates the miracle. See, I really think that's the difference. Some of us in this room, we have a hard time extending grace to others because we've never experienced the real grace of Jesus Christ. Because when you have, it's totally different. 
So this guy, he picks up his entire life, and all they do is criticize him. But that's not the end of the story. Look at verse 11. But he replied, the man replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. So they asked him, who is this fellow who told you to pick up your mat and walk? This man who was healed has no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. I mean, he starts pointing back going, I don't know what happened to me. This guy came along and he just healed me. I mean, that's kind of like, uh, like when someone meets Christ and, and for the first time in their life they experience real grace that comes from God. And they walk around going, I don't understand it all yet. I just know that somehow I was on this mat and I was living in my mess. And somebody caused me to stand up and pick up my mat and walk away. Let me tell you, religion won't cause that in your life. Somebody else can't evoke that in your life. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. So I want you to understand this today. Grace will either be our reason to go in or our excuse not to. But not only that, grace not only covers our sin, but it gives us the power to overcome sin. You see, grace is not a, oops, I did it again. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I just sang Britney Spears. Y'all pray for me, my wretched soul. Grace not only covers my sin, but it gives me the power to overcome sin. Look at verse 14. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see, you are well again. Stop sinning or something worse may happen to you. Now, at this point, we're kind of confused because we didn't understand maybe what Jesus was saying. See, here's the thought. For 38 years, his sin had put him on that mat, and he was stuck in it, and, and others kept trying to just build him a new mat, but now he's well. And what Jesus was saying to him is this, see, you've been set free. Grace not only covers my sin, but grace gives me the power to overcome sin. It's bigger than my mess. It's greater than my mat. It gives me the power. Jesus said, see, you've been set free. You know what grace does? It heals us. I've been healed by amazing grace. You say, well, I don't believe grace heals us because I still feel broken. Well, you need to check your grace then because Psalms 147.3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Who? God. God heals the brokenhearted. Not me. Not your friend. Not the person down the road. God's the one that comes and brings healing to your life through the grace that is extended to you through Jesus. Real overcoming grace. He heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. So Jesus said, hey, stop sinning. Here's what he was saying. Don't focus on the mess of your mat anymore. Why would you put your focus on the mess? For 38 years, he had lived his life on here so much so that it was messy. I can't imagine how bad that mat must have smelt. 
Some of you look at your life and you're the same way. You go, Sean, you don't understand. You don't understand how deep my mess is. You don't understand. Listen, you've been making a mess since you came out of your mother's womb. That's why they put a diaper on you. We are messy people. But the glory is not in our mess. The glory is in the one who says, don't focus on your mess. Focus on me. Jesus was saying, carry your mat with freedom and move on with your life. Can you imagine how stupid it would have been if this guy who had been on this mat for 38 years would have taken this mat back on the next day and said, hey guys, I'm coming back to the pool on Monday. Let's sit a while. Man, how crazy that would have been. But he didn't. He said, hey, listen, you quit focusing on all that. Jesus was saying, focus on my grace, not your mess. Paul had this issue in his life. You say, well, I thought Paul was like a super saint. I thought Paul did nothing wrong. Well, Paul had issues. He was jacked up too. He was jacked up just like this guy until Jesus got a hold of his life and extended him real grace. And there was this one point in Paul's life where somehow he had had this like thorn in his flesh, like in his side he talked about. And he says, I've prayed multiple times that God would come and take away this thorn in my flesh. Now, they don't know what the thorn in his flesh was. I mean, some people had ideas. Someone thought it was a woman who was, the th- anyway, some of y'all, uh, some of, you know, someone thought it was this or that or whatever. It's some sort of affliction in his life. But here's the thing. He prayed, God, please take it away. God, I can't do this anymore. God, I'm struggling. God, I'm this. God, I'm that. God, please take it away. God doesn't want to take away your mat. He wants to take away your excuse. So Paul, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9, says this. He said, I prayed, God, please take it away. And this is all God said to me. My grace, my grace, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. Paul said it was God's grace, not man's grace. John 1, verse 14, the Bible says Jesus came. Like the heavenly Father sent him and he came to this earth and he was full of grace and truth. What does that tell us? that grace is found in him. My grace is sufficient for you. You see, transformation happens when the focus of grace is on Jesus and not on us. Some of you are trying to find grace from people in your life and you're like, why won't you do this for me? Why won't you fix this in my life? Why can't, why can't you come build me a new mat? Why can't you come and clean up the mess on my mat? I know I made the mess, but I really need you to, cl- listen, Jesus came so that you wouldn't have to live in that mess. Can I get an amen? Some of you are like, whoa, it's Labor Day weekend, Sean. Be a little tender. I can't be tender because I've met the one who calls me to pick up my mat. And I found myself in my own mess. And I created it. 
But he didn't leave me there. He loved me enough to say, I not only will help you over be done with sin, I'll help you overcome it. Transformation happens when the focus is on his grace and not on us. So the question is, do you talk more about your mat or the one who caused you to pick it up? If you have a pen, write this down. If we've been changed by grace, we will point others to the one who gave it to us. This man, Jesus proclaims to him, listen, I see you're still well, now stop sinning because you've been freed. Like, you've ca- I've caused you to pick up your mat. Yes, you're holding your mat. It's your life. I get it. It's your past. But don't focus on that. Focus on my grace. If we've been changed by grace, we will point others to the one who gave it to us. Look at verse 15. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who made him well. Oh, you Do you see that today? It's Jesus who made the guy well. It was Jesus who gave him the ability to pick it up and walk away. You see, when we have met the one who has extended you grace, you want others to meet the one who has extended you grace. It's a natural response. You can't help but point others to the one that says, hey, Jesus is the mat guy. Like, he will cause you to pick up your mat. But here's the problem. Many of us would choose to exist 38 years in the mat of our lives and never let Jesus cause us to pick it up. Paul said, my grace is sufficient. God's grace is sufficient. For when I'm weak, that's when he's strong. Some of you, you're, you're here today, and Jesus wants you to pick up your mat. He's declared to you your freedom from living in the mess of your mat. You say, well, I've done it. It doesn't matter. And some of you, you're like, well, he should have to sit on it because he created the mess. Some of us are more obsessed with people sitting on their mat because it's their mess. That's not grace. You see, when Jesus has caused you to pick up the mat of your life, you would never, ever want anyone to stay on theirs. There's something that evokes in you that says, wow, I want others to know that type of grace. So I want to ask you today, how should we respond to that type of grace? See, if, if you're not a believer here today, you need to realize that God's love for you is that real. That no matter where you find yourself today, no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, if you've never truly surrendered your life to him, he knows you. He sees your 38 years on the mat. And today he wants to extend to you the real grace that he paid for at the cross so that you can pick up your mat. But if you're a believer today, grace will be your reason to go all in. It won't be your excuse why you won't. Father, thank you today that in the name of Jesus, there's power to break every chain.
In the name of Jesus, there's power to clean up every mess. I thank you that in Jesus' name, there's power to pick up every mat. That the grace you extended to us was so amazing, so crazy, scandalously awesome. Why would we ever want to sit on our mat and talk about how bad it used to be when you've given us grace to be healed and to be set free? And Jesus, I say to you today, you gave me that grace. Nobody gave me that grace. You gave me that grace 2,000 years ago when you hung and you bled on a cross. And so I glory today not in my mat. I glory today in a Savior that would come and shed his blood for me. Jesus, I thank you that your grace is enough for me. With every head bowed and every eye closed today, I wanna ask you a very honest question. Have you truly ever surrendered your life and received the free gift of God's grace? I'm not asking if you're religious. You see, the reason some of you can't ever pick up your mat is you've never met the one who can cause you to pick it up. And today, you're still waiting for someone to put you in the pool. You're still waiting for someone to push you in, hoping that your life will get better. Listen, at the point in your life where you realize it's Jesus who can cause you to pick up your mats, that's when you'll experience amazing grace. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you've never truly given your life to Jesus Christ, you've never truly experienced and tasted the grace of God, I wanna invite you to do that right now. I wanna ask you to pray this prayer with me. Just say, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending everything of who you were to the cross. Thank you for dying for my sins. And Jesus, today, I receive you into my life as Lord and a Savior. Jesus, come into my life and extend your grace to me so that I can be new. Jesus, I give you the control of my life. Listen, there's another group of people here today. Jesus has changed your life, but you've chosen to go back and live on a mat. You're still waiting for somebody else to push you into God's grace. It's humanly impossible. Why? Because we're all sinners. You say, well, I'd be different if my friends were different. I'd be different if my spouse was different. I'd be different if, if somebody would, 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 would do this or do that. Listen, there is nothing that a human being can do to you that can change you because it's Jesus that brings the grace. And at the point that you realize that his grace is sufficient for you, you will not only pick up your mat and God will begin to heal you from the inside out, but you will begin to point others radically to the one who caused you to pick it up. Today, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I just want us to stand to our feet. Everybody, just stand. Just stand to your feet with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. I wanna pray this over us before we leave today. Listen, there are some of you in this room, you are stuck in an addiction. 
You say, how do you know that? Because one every four men are addicted to pornography. Some of you in this room, you're addicted to your lifestyle. You're like, man, why do I feel so empty? I know what that feels like. I spent 17 years of my life addicted to myself. Some of you in this room, you're struggling because you're like, you know what? I know God wants to set me free of what I'm going through, but I'm so focused on me. I'm focused on the grace that I can extend myself that I can't receive the grace that Jesus wants to extend to me. And so today, some of our staff, they're going to be lined up across the front here. And we're going to pray. I mean, here's what I think. I think some of you, you need to leave your seat and you need to come down here and you need to grab the hand of one of our staff and you need to say, would you pray for me? I don't need your grace. I need the grace that only comes from God. And here's why I'm coming to you. I want you to pray over me that Jesus will help me pick up my mat, even though it's messy, even though it's dirty, because I believe that Jesus can break every chain, every chain. We need to respond to God today. I want us to sing this song. If you gave your life to Christ today, I want to encourage you. Leave your seat. Come tell one of these guys. Say, hey, I gave my life to Jesus today. I gave my life to Christ today. I meant it. I'm following him. Step out right now. Come on, you need someone to pray for you? You want someone to pray over you? Jesus will help you pick up your mat. Come on. Let's respond. still believe there are people in this room that are wishing that somebody would go push them in a pool. And God, I'm broken today because I see people who've lived 38 years on the mess of their mat 
And you're offering them incredible freedom to the one who's willing to come to you. God, I've prayed for five weeks for this message. That you would break every chain. God, I pray that you would break the chain and the bondage that's in this room. God, we need greater freedom to respond to you. We need greater freedom to let go of ourselves and quit worrying about what people think about us. We need greater freedom to come to you, Jesus, and realize that your grace is more than enough, that I have everything I need. And Jesus, I hold up my life to you today, and I say the only reason I stand is because of your grace. God, thank you. Thank you for giving me amazing grace that sets me free, that gives me power over sin, that causes me to live my life all in. Jesus, there's power in your name. Father, I thank you today for your word. I thank you today that there are gonna be people leave this place. And God, you've changed their entire life because for the first time they understand how much you really love them. So Lord, I thank you. And Lord, I ask you in Jesus' name to change us to the point that we will point others to the one who caused us to pick up our mat. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.